Reclaimed Audio, upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Hey everybody, welcome back to Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 15, February 17th, 2016. We just want to thank Joe Garofalo for that uh, for that tip again. Uh, we do agree and it's a, it's a great change to the format. Our top Patreon supporters this week are... Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Izzy Swan, Luis Gonzalez, Trustin Timber, and Sean Petty. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, are... Hey, it's me, Tim. Oh, yeah, now it's me, Bill. <laughs> and I, uh, I do want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, because um, we're supposed to do that. It says in the my little... Phil wrote us a little, like, note that we're supposed to read. Oh, not live during the show. Got it. Never mind. Go ahead. How you guys? Uh, how you guys doing this week? <laughs> how about you, Bill? Why don't you go first? Okay, good. Because I didn't want to talk over. You know what, guys? Life is a little bit rough for me right now. Um, let's just say that I'm I'm um, I'm getting over some some personal hurdles that are not horrible, but they suck. And um, I haven't had to deal with stuff that sucks in a while. And I'm dealing with it. I'll be fine. All the thousands of fans that we have, don't worry, I'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, so other than that, though, I mean, positive stuff. Um, uh, the sunset that I'm watching right now is amazingly beautiful. I can see out my window. That makes me smile. My my cat got back from the vet today who we've been treating for, um, believe it or not, lymphoma is in remission. Isn't that weird that it's your pet? But that is so awesome. Casey gave me that report. And um, even though I haven't been out in the shop, I cleaned up my garage a little bit, and I did some yard work. So I, I what would I have to complain about in general? Oh, and you two like me, so my life is good. What are you doing? <laughs> A-plus on that report, Bill. That was great. Thank you. Uh, Phil, have you, I, I mean, I've been cold, but Phil, you must be, be excited that this cold front is moving out. Yeah, so today was the last day. Yesterday was beyond bad. We just hunkered down for the weekend. It's, yeah. You can't even take the kids outside when it's that cold. So we took turns running out to get groceries or whatever we had to take, but wow. this was a stay-in weekend. Yes, it was. We Did you do the um, – we, we boiled a pot of water and threw it up in the air. Did you do that with the kids? No, they're still a little young for that. Also, it would have required going outside and – yeah, <laughs> it was only like negative ten that morning, so I was like, "All right, I can I can go outside for two oh, seconds to throw a bottle, pot of water," you know. And, yeah, it was it was you minus know, I, twenty for us. So I, yeah. I actually had a chance to talk to our buddy Chris Cute today for a little bit on an unrelated topic, but he was, I guess he had posted something and, and he mentioned it to me again that he's all for a long time he had this opinion that you know anything <clears throat> anything colder than zero, it's all the same. But lately, he's, uh, he's changed that opinion. It's like, no, it's not. There is really worse things than just zero. And yeah. It, it is terrible once it gets that cold. So yeah. not that I would know. <clears throat> Been in the mid-70s here today. Um, but I feel bad, kind of. <laughs> I feel like our last couple of episodes were like the weathermen. I know, yeah. are well, it's, there's something going on here. I mean, is the weather being trendy or what? Because it's acting one way on the West Coast and another way on the East Coast. I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. It's a terrible trend that the weather is doing right now for you guys, but it's amazing for me. But then again, I've had a trend of no water in my state, which kind of is terrible, but we've had a lot of water 
recently. So the trend has been wetter, which makes stuff. I did yard work today. Did I yeah. say that? So you uh, you have become a master of the art of the segue, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> okay, so Bill is, uh, he's hit us with the sled sledgehammer of the word trendy, and that's what uh, this week's topic is is uh, trendy as far as reclaimed. Is reclaimed trendy right now? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Um, what are um, your thoughts on that, Tim? Well, hold up, Tim. Before you get started, I screwed up. I thought the topic was Segway because they were actually invented in San Francisco. The thing you stand on. Yeah, the Segway. Yeah, Dean Koontz. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. So, can I get back? Can we start over? No. Oh, all right. <laughs> he's he's working on that. Um, I just watched a documentary on him on Netflix. Um, uh, he's working on this thing to bring like fresh water to the world. I, I mm -hmm. think that's what it was. Yeah. Interesting guy. Yeah. He was working on the Sterling engine before that. Oh, yeah? Cool. It's not as fun as the thing you stand on, but that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he had that other thing, too. It was like that weird chair thing that climbs stuff. It's kind of like, like the predecessor of the Segway. Interesting guy. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, nope. We have... <laughs> <laughs> We we have a, our our topic is actually uh, coming to us from uh, from David Picciuto of of Make Something the YouTube channel. Um, he had sent us a tweet. A oh yeah, let weeks, me pull it up. A few weeks back, um, and do you have it? Yeah, I have it here. Yeah. So um, so David had sent us a tweet and said, "I'm too lazy to take a photo, but there is either pallet wood or barn siding used in the set of the CBS pregame show." Topic for at Reclaimed Audio. So then I had rec uh, replied back and I said, thanks for the topic suggestion. Reclaimed is trendy, good or bad. And that's what brings us to today's episode. Yeah, geez. I, I, thanks, David. But I feel like it would have been easier to take a picture than to type all those words. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he, he you know brought up a very good point. And, uh, and I noticed um, I, I was, when I was traveling a few weeks ago, I was at my parents' house, which of course meant that at some point in time the daytime television programs got turned on, which uh, I never watch. I don't even have television really. Um, but anyways, um, the, there was uh, uh, the band that was playing, I think it was on the Ellen Show or something, and they had pallets all hanging around the wall behind the band. And, uh, and that reminded me again of, uh, of what, what David had said. I was like, oh, yeah, this is something because – we're, the more and more you know, you look around, you're starting to see more and more of this, uh, you know, this pallet wood and this reclaimed wood thing appearing. Um, so, you know, and there is there's even stores that are selling pallets now, which I think is is kind of hilarious. Um, so, what does that mean for this? Like, you know, it's like uh, you know, Nirvana came out and there was grunge, and then all of a sudden every band had to sound like Nirvana until that whole thing kind of consumed itself and then it moved on to something else. Is that what's going to happen to this reclaimed look, or is something else? Is it a good thing? You know, um, what are your thoughts on it, Phil? I think um, I think as a, I think I think it is a trend, and as a trend, it means that it's inherently short-lived. So it's positive, and we should do our best to keep it positive while we can, but you know, keep the message out there powerful and strong so that once the trend disappears, and it absolutely will at one point, um, you know, at least the message is still fresh in people's minds. I can tell you, though, that this is you know, coming back from several furniture shows internationally, 
it's been trendy for quite a long time. We're probably, mm -hmm. I would say, in the mainstream marketplace, we're probably on the tail end of this. I mean, like it was, it was trendy eight years ago. Mm. Now it's sort of like filtering out into the most mainstream possible. You know, like you're gonna, I, I have to think we're gonna see it in, in IKEA at one point. You know, like, and then once it hits IKEA, you know that it's really the end of the end. But um, you know, people are, you know, coming back from India. I was there a few months ago, and everything was reclaimed teak and, you know, reclaimed mango wood and, you know, reclaimed acacia. So there's like, you know, it's it's reached global proportions. So people are reclaiming domestic stuff to sell international. So it's kind of a, I know it's counter to your movement a little bit, Tim, because you're, you're all about domestic to domestic, but at least there's uh, some positivity coming from reclaiming instead of going to landfills or being burned and, you know, the, uh, the, the CO2 being unsequestered. Mm, yeah, it's um. I there's a lot of like uh, there's a couple of chain stores. I don't really want to mention names, but you know there are those chain stores that have this like imported reclaimed, you know, wood furniture and stuff for you know very high prices. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, and you know, and I've I would agree that this has been around for a little while. Uh, one thing that I was thinking about to go to another um, music analogy is um, and one of the reasons I think there's so much stuff out there is uh. Is t the the blues? The blues. There's you know basically there's twelve bars, three chords. So if you know three chords and you can count to twelve, you can play the blues, right? My my point is is what happens is then you get a bunch of people who say, oh, I can play the blues, and and then they realize that after a little while that it's more than three chords and there's a lot more to it to play good blues. And now I am guilty of this as a musician, and I'm also guilty of this as a maker. That when I like one of the things that's attractive about making reclaimed is that it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and so if you don't have the skill set to make things perfect, which I don't have and I didn't have when I started and I still don't have, um, it's an attractive form. You kind of look at it as like, well, this is a little easier. If I mess up, it kind of blends in with the history. And then you start getting better at it and, and you start wanting to do more. Uh, and I think that is what's going to happen. Um, I, I, because as people are starting to see as everybody and their mother is hanging a pallet on a wall, they're going to want to do something better than just hang a pallet on the wall. And so I, I think it is a trend, but it's not a trend that's going to die and go away. I think it's a trend that's going to evolve and grow and get better as we get better as the people that have been part of this trend, part of making this trend and jump, you know, like myself, I jumped in after it started, I'm sure. Um, so now what are we going to do about it? How are we going to keep it being fresh and unique and original and not just the same three chords being played over and over again? That was kind of my thing. You brought up something very interesting, and I'm wondering if it's uh, a genuine statistic that this new wave of makers is directly linked to this trend of reclaimed, because it's such a um, uh, an accessible yes. sort of part of making. You know, yes. like yeah, about absolutely. anybody can grab a pallet, take it apart, and make a box out of it, or make it whatever. You know, maybe that is what spurred the growth of the movement, so that. You know, and it does have a, an eventual life cycle because, as makers, we will get better. So, in order to keep it alive, I think we need to start pushing the precedent that uh, you know you can turn reclaimed wood into real wood. You know, like I, I did, I did, uh, I did a YouTube video where I talked about pallet wood, and in it, I turned pallet wood into wood that was indistinguishable from new wood. So cool. yeah. I think I think maybe that's the way it's going. It's like take reclaimed, not for the look, but for but for the material itself, and you for know all just, the right uh, reasons. Mill it. 
Yes, and that's you know, and that's uh, actually a video I'm working on right now. I, I might have mentioned uh, this, you know, this chair that I'm doing, and the idea is it's not supposed to be reclaimed, and, and so I decided to start video recording it and, and talk about that because this is the way I do see it, almost having to go. Um, you know, is that this this look isn't going to last forever? But what I don't want to see is people throwing away their reclaimed wood furniture to go buy the next look. I want to see. I think that we're going to be reclaiming this reclaimed furniture and making something that looks different out of it. I mean, that's something that's been on my mind. You know, um, as, as I start seeing you know pallets, sofa tables in the dumpster, I'm going to start taking them apart and making them look like something else. Um, so it is maybe it is a trend, but it, the trend is the style. It's not the act or, or the, the material hopefully. or the material itself. You know, yeah. my my grandfather saved everything and made stuff out of it. You know. Uh, and so did a lot of other grandfathers, and so this this concept isn't necessarily new, um, but it's you know it's the it's the style that we need to think about. The other thing that it might that this movement might be linked to is austerity. You know, this kind of reclaiming and reusing uh, was prevalent in the 30s after the depression, mm -hmm. and you know we have just gone through you know globally, but you know, big time in in Ken in the U.S. Is this uh, is a massive recession, almost bordering on a depression, and that's when it really makes you think. Like, should I throw that out? Maybe I can make something else out of it. And you know, maybe it's a larger, larger thing that uh, all of these symptoms are coming together, and actually, we're we're out of it. We're getting something really incredible. That's a that's an interesting point. Uh, I like that. You know, the, about the cyclical. And but I I thought I don't even think it's just that. I think that people have pretty much always done that. It's only the past really 30, 40 years, I, I believe, you know, I'm not a historian, but that, you know, it's, it's like we, we we grew up, our generation grew up in this, this sort of disposable world mm -hmm. where, you know, everything came in, all of a sudden stuff was cheap and it was readily available. There was a giant box store in every corner you could go get it. When it broke, you threw it away and you got another one. And it just kind of keeps getting worse and worse. And, and now we have this, this age of where we can shop for better deals. So we can find out, oh, this is $10, I can get it for $8 here, I can get it for $7 there, here's a place with it for four fifty. so you buy that one. Guess what? It's a piece of crap and it breaks. So you go buy another one for four fifty. you know. Um, and it's just, I, I think it's just getting worse and worse. And maybe part of the the trend of of what we're doing is to almost draw that to light, and uh, or maybe there's some guilty feelings some consumers have, you know, like well maybe they they know that they're being so they feel like that's like I always kind of look at it like the the pieces I make I like I say I'm an artist and I'm making reminders and you know sculptures that of of are a waste you know and I want people to look at the things and and be reminded and uh, there's a great post today on the on Facebook of uh, one of our maker friends that he busted up his, his bandsaw blade. He's going to throw it away, and he couldn't. He's like, ah, oh, sway is in my head. I can't throw this thing away. I'm like, <laughs> yes, that's my job, man. That's what I'm here. I'm the road sign, you know, to, to make us think about it. Um, so I, I don't think it's just like the, that sort of 30s thing, although I do really dig that analogy. I think it's just, a, it's just the way it always was until now, and we need to remind people that mm -hmm. this stuff isn't just growing on trees. We need to show people what, what, what it, where it's coming from and, and where it's going. Bill stretching, so I think he's, I I think he's ready to jump in. <laughs> all right. Okay, tag your in. Guff. Um, first of all, sway in my head. Absolutely. Um, one one of the first things I did when I discovered YouTube, and I've talked about this a thousand times, is I discovered Tim Sway, and a lot of what I have always thought when I see things and I want to recycle things and are on the side of the road or 
or or the making aspect of that, Tim, you pop into my head a lot. Just thought I'd throw it out there. We don't have to talk about that anymore ever again. Okay, next up is um, so as we, we talked about the Phil, you mentioned reclaimed. Is that responsible for all these this onslaught of new makers out there? Yes, it's just it's not even a, it's not even a little bit of a question. It is yes. Um, Two things I think are happening in the actual maker world, where we're, we're talking about building furniture and tools and, and artistic like stuff, um, is the reclaimed is responsible for that, and then tech is responsible for the other aspect of that. Where so much technology now is so easy to find and easy to understand for people that are just—I mean, as long as you got one more intelligent point than I do, you can actually build an Arduino-driven thing and make your own robot. That is so accessible now. So. Reclaimed and, and new makers, which I include the whole robot building tech guys into that, um, are the two things that are now because of accessibility, like you said. Absolutely. Accessibility. Woodworking was such a scary thing unless your dad or your grandpa knew how to do something that was really cool and showed you how to do it and what the tools meant. A lot of people had no interest in it because they were afraid of it. And now they're seeing all of the stuff that's being made with simple tools and and reclaiming, which means that you can, if you can find some wood, or you can you can get a pallet and tear it apart, or you can see a broken piece of furniture, you can fix it yourself. And the look that comes out of that, which I think is trendy now, is what we call reclaimed or upcycled. Um, it's easy to do in some respects. And if you, again, and a thing that Tim was kind of saying, I think when he was talking about the blues and a lot of people get into it because they think, hey, I'm a blues musician now because, you know, there's only three chords and there's 12 bars. Did I say that right, Tim? Yeah. Three, yeah. Card, three chords and 12. I just want to remember if I yeah. remember that because I don't know what either of those things mean, but I said it right. But anyway, I think and what it, you're trying to it's not really anywhere near that simple, but what I was saying is sometimes people get missed, they misled into thinking things are that simple, and then they get right. into it and they go, oh, there's a lot more going on here than I thought. <laughs> you know? right. no, exactly what you just said is that you know people are getting into reclaimed a little bit, and I think it's for them it's very trendy and quick-lived because they get a skill saw, they get a hammer, they make something, and they go, oh, I really don't have any interest in that, or it's, is that all there is to that, and they move on. So that's, in a sense, I think what you were talking about. Is just or like, they like it, so they, they move away from the skill saw and they move up to the table saw and they start learning another chord and they start right, which is yeah. awesome in and of yeah. itself. Yeah. And then, um, and then you guys talked about oh man, I'm woo -woo! okay. Uh, so Phil, then you you talked about something about being reclaimed and being reached kind of trendy and in, in that it's um, it has to do with um, the times that we're living in because like after the depression and stuff, I think it's better than that. I have this feeling that one of the reasons why reclaimed upcycling is is not trendy. It's not trendy where it's actually more stable. The look itself may be kind of trendy now, and I'll go into that as my last point in just a second, which I'm sure it won't be my last last point. Anyway, um, but, but why I think that's it's not just a thing about you know people coming up out of the depression or, or this monstrosity of a, a economy thing that we've all been going through. What I think it is is I think it's more of a conscience thing. Because of technology now, and we can actually see what's really going on all over the world all the time, we're thinking about our environment more and more, and I want to believe why it is so important and why people think it's cool and why there's so many makers joining the movement now uh, about reclaimed and upcycling is because we're all starting to care a little bit more, and it makes sense that when there's a three-mile island of plastic bottles floating in the ocean, 
it's more than that. People are now, they're actually caring. We're, we're all trying to actually reclaim something and upcycle because we can save a little bit of stuff from going to the landfill. We can keep a, an extra carbon or two going into the air. And that's starting to mean for the first time a little bit to a lot more people than just where I think in the past it meant a lot to a very few people, if that makes any sense. It does. No, look, it's, it's, it's what we discussed when we talked... Um you know, a couple, couple episodes about, you know, the yeah. tipping point of when recycling and, and all this stuff becomes more and more mainstream. It's, it's when we collectively do, we raise the bar on what the minimum is required to be part of society. I'm holding up quotes. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's when the momentum will build so that everyone's more like Tim. <laughs> so, so let me define real quick, and I'll finish up with saying what I think is trendy about Reclaimed and what is not. Uh, and I said it. The look is kind of trendy. And as an example, when I was getting ready to do um, uh, Casey's Salon a few years ago, the contractor we hired to do the stuff that I couldn't because I didn't have a contractor's license had also done a restaurant that had just recently opened up and it's one of our favorite places, and they were kind of a mentor to Casey and her partners. Anyway, the look he did in there was very much, I mean, he literally took like a shipping containers, the metal shipping containers, mm -hmm. cut, a, cut a side out of that, just a flat metal, and hung that on the wall. That's part of the, the, the look. He literally took pallets, not dissembled them. He took the pallets, leaned them up on the floor at a little bit of an angle, attached a bar top to it, and made this amazing bar out of it. Cool. That I think can be trendy. That look. Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that look may not be around, but what is not trendy is upcycling and reclaim. Because again, boys, I can remember when I was a, a kid, um, using pallet wood to make stuff. I can remember getting cinder blocks that I would find at a construction site and stacking a, a piece of wood on top of it, and then a cinder block, and then a piece of wood that was a shelf. As a as a young teenager. I don't think upcycling and reclaimed is trendy. I think the look right now is really hot of actually what you're seeing in a lot of the unnamed stores. There's actually, like, like Tim was saying, you can buy pallets in the store. Those aren't pallets. What they're selling in those stores are not pallets. There's somebody made those to look like a, it's something that looks like a pallet. It's not actually even a pallet. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know that's a problem. <laughs> right, so that's the trendy part of it, and uh, all that other stuff I just spewed out is because I have a lot of uh, energy and love for both of you, and, and I'm going to take a break now and have some beer. Go ahead. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> hey, you just you dropped know. us off a cliff there. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we'll, we'll just pick it up. <laughs> yeah. I do want to um, just jump back to something uh, Phil you just said, something I've been thinking about a little bit lately. You kind of... <laughs> said that like that sway thing and I and I have this like you know amongst our small circle of people like like on the you know what would sway do guy or whatever and uh I, I think that's really cool because that is what I'm trying to do with my channel but I just want to I want to pull the curtain back on the you know on in Oz here and and just reveal that I actually am a normal like human being I live in the suburbs in a house with with oil heat um you know and and it's I'm not proud of that, <laughs> um, and you know, and all this stuff, and, and so it's not like I'm like living in some like yurt that I made out of you know hopes and dreams, and you know, and heating it with good vibrations, <laughs> you know. I, <laughs> I'm a normal I'm a normal person, um, and but I'm but I I'm aware, and I'm trying, and that's what I what I want is I, I want to 
you know, you're a normal person, he's a normal person. She, we're all normal people, but we can do normal things and live normal lives and normal homes and normal towns and reduce our footprint. I go to the, I have a family of four, and, and I was thinking about actually making a video of this because I, you know, I get that, like, that whole thing. I want people to, I, w I would hate for someone to all of a sudden, like, come over to my house and be like, oh, this is Sway? I thought he lived in a teepee, you know? Mm. And, um, With a rocket stove. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the, um, you know, the, the, so I was thinking about that, and, you know, like, we live in a, you know, it's like a 1,300-square-foot ranch, and uh, there's four of us. Um, and so that's, you know, like, pretty normal, right? But we never turn the heat above 65, you know, and usually we have it much lower than that, like 63, and you, and you wear a sweatshirt. You know, it's like little things like that, and it's not uncomfortable. It's like it is a, if you're used to walking around in a 70-degree house and you walk into a 64-degree house, it is uncomfortable, but then, but if you just if you just live that way, it's not, you know, it's like little things like that make a huge difference that we can all do, uh, just by like aggressive recycling and then saving stuff and using stuff that I use in the shop and whatnot. I took my family of four, we would go to the dump once a week with like a big black garbage bag of trash. I took it from once a week to once every three weeks. Wow. By just not throwing stuff away by, by taking a second. So, well, can this be recycled, you know, or can it, or is it to be thrown away? Um, like that's in you know in my town it costs three dollars and sixty cents to throw the bag away. So now I'm saving seven dollars and fifty or you know, whatever you know eight bucks a month right there by just doing that. That is not trendy. That is just what we it's have to like, do. Tim, so, is that like a cost to the planet, or is that what they charge you to throw a bag away? Oh, that's what they they physically charge and in uh, at the at the transfer station because I don't have a I don't have a service come to my house to pick it up because oh, I don't yeah, go to the dumps. We don't have to. I mean, you could you could pay someone to come get no, no, it. No, I mean, you do. Okay, got it. Yeah, but I go to, and we don't have a dump. We have a transfer station. And in my particular town, one of the, and it's just lucky for me, but we are, all our trash is, becomes electricity. We have a, you know, trash energy plant. I mentioned that before. So even when I do throw things away, you know, like I don't feel as bad about it. So I have like one bag every three weeks. Anything, if, if I threw more away, my electricity would probably be less. <laughs> well, I, I think that's awesome. And, and the only, if it wasn't for the shipping cost, um, I was going to start sending you all my garbage. <laughs> yeah. But so that's, I just wanted to sort of dispel that and just make it. No, make but it I think your message is all the more powerful because you are a normal guy. You know, you're not some, like, as you said, you're not some like weirdo hobbit living in a hobbit hole. You know, you're you're a real dude. You're a family man. You know, you're the same as everybody else. But you're you're doing what you're doing through effort, and that's all it takes is effort and and will. And we can all do what you're doing. It's minimal effort. I mean, and the, and it is and it's a slope. It's not like one day all of a sudden I reduce my footprint by forty percent. You know what I mean? It's just been we learn and we grow every day. We get better at it. It's like the recycling thing. The first time you had to recycle, it was like, oh, what a pain in the neck. I have to separate this from this. And now we have six recycling bins. You know what I mean? One for plastic, yeah. one for whatever. And then it's all back to single stream now. So now it's even easier again. Although that's that whole system is flawed. But um, yeah, it's you know maybe I maybe I should do a, like a little tour. Of my, it my just Mc, takes this McMansion. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, me, let me let me point something out real quick, and I think this will be uh, me um, uh, being me. Um, I, I can Tim, you know this. Um, I do think that I get what you're saying. You are kind of just you're just an everyday guy. I get that, but you're also to me a giant in the world of you're just a giant. And I've also heard the same exact thing that you were just saying from Izzy, where Izzy is like. You know, you guys, I, I, ha I got some subscribers, but other than that, I'm just like you guys, 
blah, 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 don't put me on a pedestal, da, da, da. And Jimmy does the same thing. I've actually met and got to talk to Jimmy a little bit. He's like, hey, you know, this is just what I've done for so long, and, and I'm a creative guy, and blah, 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 blah. This is how I've made my career, my life, and I'm da, 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 but I'm just like everybody else. And in a way, I think that's true. In another way, I think, well, it's not, because there is something special, and I, I lump you in with Jimmy and Izzy, because I think you are special in some ways. You do can get you a message. Nobody, nobody can see me blush as you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you get a message out without making people feel alienated. So if that was your concern, that's not the message you're sending. You're not sending like, I'm holier than thou and I live like a perfect life. What you're saying is, and, and the message I've always gotten from you is just simply, let's, if we can, reduce the footprint a little bit. And here's some of the ways that I do it, and that's awesome. But if we're, as long as we're talking about some of these guys that I've met, or at least that I admire, another guy that I put up there is Mr. David Picciuto. And one of the reasons why um, I appreciate, number one, the way he thinks is because he gave us this whole trendy topic. Get it? Trendy topic. He gave us a trendy topic. Anyway, he gave us this trendy topic. And he's a trendsetter. Uh, he is beyond a trendsetter. But when I, I first started getting into YouTube and everything. I think I told the story. I'm sure I have. Um, I reached out to you. got to know Izzy a little bit, and I and I thought, okay, screw it. Baker Fair was coming around. I'm going to reach out to David Picciuto because he had just at that time transitioned to going full-time making his life out of a, a YouTube. So I wrote David. I said, hey, you don't know me. I'm a fan, but if you want to come to Maker Fair and stay at my house, I have a spare bedroom. That's not weird at all, right? <laughs> How long before the restraining order came in? Yeah. I was thinking more like the movie Misery. Yeah. <laughs> what was awesome though is is David responded is like, hey, you know, I, I you know Jimmy and uh, Bob and I have just started coming out. I think Jimmy's got something going on. We're gonna get um, tickets and and get that's gonna be taken care of. But it may happen that I need a place to stay, and I really appreciate it. He made me feel really good, and then at the very end, he says, and. Just to be sure, you haven't murdered anybody while they're sleeping, right? <laughs> no lie. awake. Right. Yeah. So anyway, Maker Fair happens. I show up at Maker Fair, and I'm, I'm excited. I've never before in my life gone out to, to do something this trendy. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my God. And I, we were Casey and Casey's with me. We're walking through, and all of a sudden, I, I'm like, Casey, oh, my God, Casey. David Picciuto, he's right there. David Picciuto's right there. And he was actually like getting a beer or a map or something. I don't know. That's how starstruck I was. So I walked up and I'm like, uh, David. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, hey, man, uh, Bill Lutz, the stalker guy that wants to kill you in your sleep. <laughs> and we got a laugh. And uh, so I got to meet him and his wife. And uh, later on, because of Andrew Aragon, we, uh, we hooked up with, with Bob and Jimmy and all these guys. But anyway, to, to fast forward again, one of the reasons why I put David on what you were saying, uh, Tim, is like he's just a normal guy. He's not this huge giant. He's learning all this stuff. Um, he's, he's making a, 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 an effort at doing this for a living and um, just getting to know him in that way, that was great. The reason why I love him even more now is because he came up with our show topic. And, and I didn't realize how passionate I was about this. Is reclaimed and upcycled trendy? No. Is the look trendy? Yeah, in certain areas. In my area, I think it's going to last for a lot longer than it will maybe in others, just because of where I live in California. Jeez, yeah, that's interesting. I would have thought it would be the first to go there. Like, Generally speaking, the trends like begin and end in like New York and, and L.A. You know? I, the only reason I'm saying that is because this look that I'm seeing so prevalent now 
has been around forever. It's it's maybe it's now popping up in some of these big chain stores you were talking about. Mm. Um, but people have been selling reclaimed, rustically looking, upcycly type that look at flea markets and craft shows and street vendors. This has been going on since I was a little kid, and you guys may not know it, but I'm old. So mm, yeah, we it's know it. But you know, um, it was. You know, it's the thing is, is that when the, it hits the mainstream, that's when it stops being cool. Yeah, but, but we're the anti-stop being cool because somebody else said it was here in California. Now, Canada, you guys might just be following the trend, but we—no, I did not just say that, Phil. I, so. <laughs> no, you were going to offend the other three Canadians who listen to our show, but um, <laughs> no, the truth is, is it, it's fact. When it comes to fashion, when it comes to trend, when it comes to anything that's got a, a generally a short-lived life cycle, you know, as soon as it hits the mainstream, that's when it's not cool. I, I hate to sound like a hipster. Because that's like their mantra, you know. It's like, uh, oh, mainstream equals bad, but that's the truth. You know, we all seek out a little bit of uniqueness. You know, we want something that not everybody else has, especially in this weird consumer society. So when you see that one thing is just everywhere, and then anybody can get it for ninety nine dollars, you know, as somebody who's trying to be cool, you you look for what the next thing is that's a little bit more exclusive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's you know. For for me as a as an artist and a musician, and I always feel like I'm trying to stay ahead of that stuff. And and uh, sometimes you know the waves will sweep past you, and sometimes you're ahead of it. Um, it is it is uh, an interesting place, and you, you know you, it's for music. It's really easy to watch these these trends come and go uh, for me because that's where I spend most of my time. And now I'm starting to notice in this furniture design world that I never paid attention to because I just made stuff that I liked, um, mm -hmm. and that's still basically what I'm doing. And what I think is interesting is that I started getting tired of making, you know, like I haven't made anything really out of pallets in a while because I just don't want to anymore, and I have all this like cool barn wood instead. But man, I don't really want to make another barn wood dining table. I mean, it's a great source of income, and people want them and stuff, but it's like it's boring. I want to see if I can do more with it. So I feel like that maybe if if I feel that way, everyone else does too. You know, that that's been doing this for a few years, and so maybe that's gonna you know, help change it. Like I just like you know, like I said, I have this video I'm working on now. I have um my my entry into Izzy's contest uh is done, and uh, I'll be posting the video after the contest ends. Uh, I already shared it with Izzy. It's kind of actually I might get sued for it. I don't know. We'll see. But just but uh for music licensing. But um no. but like it's an experiment that I have in sort of uh a um a, a step like a stepping stone between that, that rustic look and then some other looks that are out there. You know, I'm experimenting with that. So I'm, I'm assuming other people are too. And, and as always, I'm excited to see what the hive mind comes up with and what the maker community comes up with to keep the message and the importance of, of reusing and repurposing materials mainstream while letting the trends just come and go as they please. I think that's exactly right. You know, like as I long as... Yeah. How, do, how do you even follow up on that, Tim? That was beautiful. Thank you. I was <laughs> Thanks for that sandbag, brother. Um, I was just, just <laughs> the view from under the bus here is a little dark, but <laughs> okay. Wait, before you get started, then Phil, when I was, I swear to God, when you were talking about what you were talking about, one of the things I love about us three is we have got, I have got the best of all worlds right now because I've got this total uh, nut job 
artist, music, badass, recycler guy, Tim's perspective. And then I've also got your perspective, Phil, because you actually see the world and you travel it and you see what's going on with art and with... Yeah, it's furniture. nice. I'm not kidding. And, and, and I know you don't talk about your skill set a whole lot, but Phil, your skill sets are kind of up there, my friend. They really are. You don't know, maybe, but um, but having your having what you know about this whole thing on top of that is awesome. So seeing both you and Tim, I feel like I'm the lucky guy, but I also feel like I stole the um, the noise for again this podcast. I'm, am I stealing a lot of noise this podcast? I am, huh? No, it's cool. Yeah, whatever. But, it is. I guess you could it's be mean me. and just compliment me a whole bunch. It's fine. Yeah, it's. it's... I just... <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Hey, I'll, I want to throw another for people. Before we started recording this, uh, we were just having some stupid conversation that, which is kind of what we do when before we start recording this. And Phil started just translating Latin for us. Like, like that's the kind of intelligence this guy has. He's just like, okay, well, now I'm blushing, figuring so. out words and like making. You know, Bill and I, we sort of rant about these things and like we're sort of like. You know these like like emotional just like we just blah, spit stuff out and then Phil makes sense of it. So thanks Phil for like actually like translating. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Tim, because I thought I imagined that whole part about him doing the Latin thing. No, that was real. I've had a couple of beers, you know, and I was like, oh man, I can't say nothing to my podmates because they'll think I'm crazy. But thank God you're here to let me know that Phil is amazing. It wasn't just me. Okay. All right. Are we done? <laughs> 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 okay, I think we I think we've exhausted the topic. Let's. I'm, I'm certainly exhausted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we move on to what we're watching? Uh, Bill, what are you watching? You know what I I I just it's I don't know how this happened that we just so happened to want to give David Pachuto some love and thank him for the topic of our show and the fact that I got to meet him in person. But can you do you guys want to guess who I've kind of been watching lately? Bob Claggett. Bob Claggett. I was going to say Bob Claggett. <laughs> well, well, who's Bob Claggett? No, we're Never. not talking about him. Uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been going back and looking at some of Dave's uh, stuff. Uh, his Make Something channel is pretty amazing and there's a whole bunch of things that if you are just getting started in the woodworking making in general um, I, I don't know where, how David classifies himself but I classify him as a, a, a maker instructional badassery extraordinaire because he is he's a, he makes incredible um, instructional videos and they're top-notch as far as his editing skills go and very interesting he doesn't just do woodworking I mean it's a lot more than that so check out David Picciuto I don't think he needs any help from us for people to see his channel, but there's that one guy. That remember that one guy, you guys? He maybe hasn't heard of David yet. So, oh, that one guy. That yeah. one guy. Let yeah. him go see David. It's called Make Something TV. Something Phil will take care of all that. But David uh -huh. Petito, he's a badass. We love you, David. Thank you for all your support. And um, next. You know, uh, me, I'm just gonna say one quick thing about David. Actually, when I first started. Uh, putting up YouTube videos, my very first video, I, I think I submitted it to, to David uh, just because he was doing the weekly wrap-up review. And, uh, and from my perspective, the video kind of sucked and whatever. But he was really super nice about it and extremely genuine. And if I had the opportunity to tell him so in person, I would say that 
I greatly appreciate because uh, I'm sure people were lobbing videos at him all all day long, constantly. He was super nice about it, and and he really didn't need to be. So, David, if you're listening, I I greatly appreciate um, how kind you were. And, and we love we love every direction change you're making, Dave. Uh, it doesn't matter. The, those of us who really like what you do and, and are appreciative will follow you regardless of how your channel grows, expands, retracts. Has gas and lets out noises, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, I'll I'll add to the to the the, the David back padding. Um, he, <laughs> uh, you know, my he made that video where he made these like sort of soundproof uh, panels for his his voiceover studio room. And in the video, instead of talking about what he's doing, he tells like kind of his life story. And I just first I thought that that was just so unique and interesting. And I really enjoyed that. Like I have, like talking about trend setting. I thought that was a really innovative thing to do. And what else I found was interesting was a lot of a lot of similarities that I have with him and with Bob Claggett too, with the musical backgrounds and some of these things about this guy. I always find it interesting. Um, that I feel like I, you know, I, my whole life sort of feeling that this guy that was alone, and then you you develop find this community, and there's like all oh, these other people that are like you, and it's kind of cool. And uh, you know, and, and David was definitely uh, one of the first people that sort of made me realize that. So, thanks for the topic, Dave. So you guys actually watch the stuff that he... You know, I feel bad now because the only thing I ever paid attention to... He made a Moscow Mule one time, and I wrote that down. <laughs> I was lying. I don't really watch David's channel, and um, I, his beard's neat. I love his beard. That's super trendy. <laughs> that, talk about trendy. David's beard. All right, Phil. Beards are in. <laughs> I am watching um, a channel called Shop Built. Uh, he just recently put up a video about uh, how to make an edge jointer out of a router, and uh, you know he worked out the mechanics of this thing. He's he's actually a really really smart dude, and uh, I've been watching him for a, a while. But this was a really interesting one. He had he had a whole system in place with how he used these wedges to slide in and raise the in feed and out feed table. It was really really cool. Shop Built, check it out. Cool. Cool. Definitely check that out. Tim? Yeah. Um, I wanted to, to mention uh, SDM Custom, who is uh, a, you know, a maker guy. He's not strictly reclaimed, um, but he did make a Telecaster guitar out of pallets once. Talk about, you know, uh, oh. <laughs> talking about the trend of pallets. Like, and there's, you know, like stuff like I'm always trying to do is finding new things to do that's not just like a rustic table, you know. And so he, met, yeah, he made that once, and it was really cool. And that's how I discovered his channel because I was around the time I was making all my guitars, and so as I was posting those videos, they kind of came up. Uh, and so, yeah, he does some great stuff uh, with guitars and whatnot. And but his most recent video is uh, he he did the, the chessboard, which is cool enough, you know, and, and, and fun. But he made it like he, he listed it as a Salvador Dali inspired, like the melting clocks uh, painting. Oh, cool. Um, and so he has the, the look of like the checkerboard sort of melting. And I just, I mean, the video is long and usually when he gets those like long woodworking videos, I start to like, uh, you know, but this one, I was just like everything I was watching, I was like learning something new and I was totally engrossed. And I usually these longer videos don't do that to me. And, uh, and I was just totally engrossed in it and, uh, and like, like thinking about how I could apply some of these techniques. The guy's just like a master, um, like woodworker. So I would, Absolutely, watch that video in particular to really uh, learn some some neat tricks. Cool, I'll check that out. Mm. All right, so our channels. Um, 
I am Jake and Amy's dad on YouTube, on Instagram, Periscope, Twitter. I am Phil Pinsky, uh, Tim Sway One on Instagram, right? Yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> William underscore Lutz. But you know, in our uh, in our show notes, what I have for you is uh, I, I just set up an automatic link that if they click your name, it just Google's Tim Sway, and then all of your stuff just comes up. So it's right. a one click thing for everything Tim Sway. Um, How does that work when you say and William underscore Lutz? But what I have for you, so in other words, you had to by because our my weekly contract, Tim uh, and Phil have to mention my name at least once, and so he did that. But it was kind of obvious, pal, because you went right William underscore Lutz. So what I've done for you, Tim, is this and blah 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 blah. I, the, way, uh, the way I, the way I heard that was that if you click on William underscore Lutz, it takes you to a Tim Sway Google search. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I'm doing our listeners a favor and directing them away from William Lutz. Because <laughs> yeah, we all know, uh, not, not that I've ever done it, but we all know a Tim Sway Google search is a weird rabbit hole, man. You just find <laughs> all these shirtless Read pictures of me with a face. And like, oh, it's crazy. Speaking of weird, um, for those who can't see me right now, uh, remember the 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 faux mohawk thingy is gone. I have yeah. I I've shaved my head down to a number one. I guess that's really short. Mm -hmm. So my wife said I'm using a number one, and, and so we've shaved Bill's head. It's all the way down, and um, you're welcome, everybody, for not being able to see me right now because it's not. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm pretty, but I mean. Does my hair Not make in a my conventional butt? way, you know? But does my hair make my butt look fat? That's what I want to know. Well, not, not anymore. anymore. It doesn't. Yeah. Not anymore. Okay. <laughs> you need hair to have that happen. Uh. Anyway, I. Uh, there are links for Bill's stuff in the in the show notes and as well in the uh, you know in the section where we have our contact information. So. Uh, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com and you can get to all of our stuff equally. Everyone's got equal airtime, Mr. Lutz. Reclaimed Audio is the only thing that I care about, seriously. If, if anybody wants to see what I'm up to, I'm, I'm involved with a couple of amazing guys and uh, the Reclaimed Audio podcast. So we uh, iTunes and listen and review stuff. Do it. Yes. Yep. Please do. And, and, and if you have uh, topic ideas, you know, just send your topic ideas to us because we listen. And you don't have to be David Picciuto for us to listen. It would help. I'm it would, it helps a lot. Well, yeah, what, yeah, what really helped was the, the $50 that he, he sent. But Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, you know. Ten bucks every time we mentioned his name, so I think we're at about a thousand? <laughs> I think we're at <laughs> Something like that? Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. Just sorry, Phil. Don't look at me like that, dude. I just have to say, what's a pachudo? All right. Um, if you were so inclined, we would appreciate you know your support on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/reclaimedaudio. Thanks for listening this week, guys. Yes, thank, thank you, you very everybody. much. Be good. Have a good one.